Almighty God, as we quiet our spirits and come to you in prayer, we are filled with many thoughts and feelings. Praise and thanksgiving for all your mighty acts fill our hearts and concerns and love for our friends, family, and neighbors are also on our minds and hearts. Help us to find ways to love those around us, including those who are familiar to us as well as those who are not, so that we may build your kingdom and share your love with all those who are loved by you. Today, Lord, we pray for those whose bodies are hurting and ask for your healing love to restore their bodies and spirits. We pray for any of your people who are dealing with a recent cancer diagnosis, who have been undergoing treatments or therapies, and may our prayers also encourage those who may be recovering from surgeries and procedures. This Memorial Day weekend is a time of remembrance as many take the opportunity to travel to cemeteries to place flowers on the graves of their loved ones. Please fill the aching places in the hearts of those who are grieving and comfort them in the times of loneliness and sadness that they have throughout the day or throughout the weeks. We especially ask for your blessings on Greg Tallman and his family as they mourn the death of his mother, Joyce, who died on Thursday in Illinois. May they feel the strength of your love and comfort holding them up at this very difficult time. And Jesus, we ask for safety for all those who are traveling this weekend, for our youth and families who will be celebrating high school graduations, and for our area teachers and students who will be finishing another school year very soon. May your Holy Spirit be a strong and loving presence in everything that we do. We offer up these prayers to you today in your precious name and speak the prayer you taught so long ago together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's get on our feet as we're able to and sing our praises together to God. I invite you to join with me as we continue in our declaration of our faith in the uh, Apostles' Creed, which is the affirmation and testimony of who and what we believe in. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, 
suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. On this Sunday of Memorial Day weekend, we take the time to honor those who are no longer in our presence, but are in the presence of the living Lord. And so we take these moments to um, honor them, to name them, and to name the gifts that have been given to the church in their memory and in their honor. In your bulletin, you have a tan sheet that is the service that we will be following in these moments. And I invite you to follow that as we go through the, uh, the, the elements of this time together. We're just taking this time to set aside to bring honor and glory to them and to our Lord and Savior as we um, name these names and, and honor them today. These are the names of those who have passed away in this last year, and we will be um, honoring them today as they are now in the company of the saints of heaven. Kay Wallace. Lena Bruce, Joyce Reinecke, Walt Hoffman, Marge Dauenbaugh, Virginia Long, Catherine Hildebrand, Mike Kopic, Howard Parks, Ruth Tharp, Mary Stanley. Loretta Miller, Joyce Novak, Vivian Barnes, Doris Hoth, Jeannie Johnston. Mark Carter, Marge Ferris, Chuck Boots, Dottie Galley, John C. Fowler.
Steve Larson. Donald Searle. Donald Klingler. Steve Oakley. Virginia Downs. And we now acknowledge memorial donations that have been received from some of these folks. We have received memorials from Lena Bruce's family, Joyce Reinecke, Walt Hoffman, Catherine Hildebrand, Mike Kopic, Howard Parks, Mary Stanley, Joyce Novak, Vivian Barnes, Mark Carter, Marge Ferris, Chuck Boots, John Fowler, Steve Oakley, and Don Searle. We present these gifts to be consecrated to the glory of Almighty God and for service in this church in loving memory of Joyce Parks, some handbells, in memory of Richard Blackford, reserved pew markers, in memory of Mark Carter and Eileen Wood, the Build Campaign, memory of Walt Hoffman, feeding lunches to youth, in memory of Catherine Hildebrand, the Merriam Methodist Foundation, and in memory of Larry Martin, donation to the Marian Methodist family. On behalf of the Board of Trustees, we accept these gifts as a sacred trust and will guard and use them reverently in the memory of these beloved friends and members of our church. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we consecrate these memorial gifts to the glory of God and in memory of Joyce Parks, Richard Blackford, Mark Carter, Eileen Wood, Walt Hoffman, Catherine Hildebrand, and Larry Martin. The memory of the righteous is forever blessed. Let us pray. Most loving God, without you, no words or works of ours have meaning. Accept the gifts of our hands as symbols of our devotion. Grant us your blessing as we have consecrated these gifts to your glory, that they may be an enduring witness before all your people, and that our lives may be consecrated in your service. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, this morning we're continuing our journey through this membership series called Should I Join? And it's, again, not a series intended to make people, you know, join the church. It's, it's a series intended to make people consider the meaning of membership. Now, I'm a member of lots of things. You know, I'm, I'm a member of uh, the, what is it, Elderly Jewish Heritage of Jerusalem Society. 
simply because the people who I bought my house from were members. So now it transferred over to me. Now, I'm not elderly or Jewish or from Jerusalem, but, uh, you know, I'm a member of that, I guess. I don't know. They sent stuff to my house. I'm a member of some insurance agency organization that sends me uh, newspapers of, like, all the farming reports and, and stuff that's going on in Tipton, Iowa. <clears throat> don't need that. <clears throat> I was a member of uh, a, a health club in town. Went about three times in one year. <clears throat> was a member. I'm a member of all sorts of, of, of online things, too. <clears throat> you know, I get all these emails that tell me about all the great deals I can get on, you know, pedicures. <clears throat> or uh, if I want to buy some, you know, Tupperware or something like that, I, they send me these awesome messages. I even get, I'm a member of some, like, really exclusive society that gets all these emails from, like, Nigeria and Kenya telling me that I've inherited all these millions of dollars. You ever get those? See, I'm special. I'm a member of those things, right? And if I just respond or do something or fly overseas with a big suitcase of money or something like that, then I'll get my millions, right? See, we're members of lots of things, but here's the question. Am I a faithful member of any of those things? Today, we're going to talk about the words faithful and loyal as it, as it uh, relates to our, our membership. The promises that we say when we join a church um, is what this sermon series is about. And today we're going to go through the promise number four and promise number five. And here's what they are. <clears throat> to remain faithful members of Christ's body, of Christ's holy church, and serve as Christ's representatives in the world. And the second one is this. To be loyal to Christ through the United Methodist Church and do all in their power to strengthen its ministries. So I want to focus on those two words. I want to focus on faithful and loyal. Now, when you join the church... You're promising not just to be a member, but a faithful member to Christ, which demonstrates itself through serving as a representative of Christ. Now, we're going to jump into the book of uh, 2 Corinthians here for a moment. Um, Paul's writing to this church in Corinth in chapter 5, verse 20, and here's, here's the words that he writes to these people. He says, We are, <coughs> therefore, Christ's ambassadors... As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now, let's look at what he's saying here. He's, he's saying that the words and the mission and the ministry that he is a part of and that he and the apostles are a part of isn't his own mission. It isn't his own words. Rather, he is simply a representative of Christ. He's an ambassador of Jesus. And he says, as though God were making his appeal through us. He's equating his work with the work of God. He's saying in no uncertain terms that we as the church represent God. We carry God's message. And what is that message? Be reconciled to God. Paul's message was about relationship with God. And he begins with the understanding that humanity needs to be reconciled with God because we're separated from God by our sin. The law doesn't bring us back to God. Otherwise, Paul would have said, just be really, really good people and you'll be good. He says our good intentions and our good deeds don't bring us back to God. He says that we're reconciled to God. And he says through Christ. Christ is what brings us back. Only Jesus and that is the message that the church must carry into the world. So the job of any good ambassador or representative is to bring the message of that which is their master. And a good representative is transparent 
and puts the focus not on themselves, but on the one who sent them. You see, you never want an ambassador to be front page news or a translator or a representative. You remember, uh, I think it was last year when uh, President Obama went down to South Africa to speak at Nelson Mandela's memorial service. What was, the, what was the headline the next day? Was it about Obama? No. It was about his translator, wasn't it? Because he had this, he had this translator who was interpreting through sign language or something like that to, to the deaf community and, of course, to the whole rest of the world. Only one problem. The guy was crazy. So while President Obama is speaking to, you know, millions of people about Nelson Mandela, he's got this guy in the background doing these, you know, whatever, gibberish kind of things. I don't know what he's, you know, you know, little dogs or whatever he was doing. The guy had no clue what he was doing. And, of course, it was a huge embarrassment to, to that uh, government and to really everybody. I, th- I thought it was kind of funny personally, but... Um, you know, of course, the, the remarks of President Obama needed to be heard, but, but uh, the front page of the news should never be about the translator, right? That's when you haven't done a good job. Anybody here ever uh, had the, the best job in the world of being a telemarketer ever? I had to do that. It was a, it was a glorious two weeks um, back in the day. <clears throat> well, I needed to make a little bit of extra money when I was going to college, so, you know, my friends told me, oh, you go down to this place, it's great, they pay you five twenty-five an hour. And, and, and I thought, how, how hard could that be? You sit, you sit in front of a computer and, you're, and you just call people on the phone. You know, I like to talk to people. That'd be all right. By the way, are you guys nice to telemarketers when they call you? No? Here's the thing I learned about telemarketers that's kind of interesting. You cannot hang up on somebody when you're a telemarketer. That means, they can listen, that means they have to listen to you. Whatever you want to tell them about, whatever you have to say, you could tell them about your trip to you know, the Ozarks last month and say, oh, well, yeah, let me tell you. You can tell them about all your family members, all the stuff that, that uh, you know, you've been dying to just get off your chest when the telemarketer's called. Don't hang up on them. That's your opportunity just to, just to vent your frustration for the day because no matter what you say, no matter how irrelevant, no matter how meaningless it can be, they cannot hang up on you. <laughs> so enjoy that. <clears throat> I sure did. Anyway, when you, when you get this job, right, they don't just say, hey, we're trying to sell credit cards here, so call some people and uh, tell them how awesome they are. They give you a script. Every word that you say has to come off this script, and every time someone gives a, a response or an objection, you just have to say the right scripted response or objection. And the, the cardinal sin in that industry is when you get someone rogue who just goes off the script and just wants to talk, you know, because they've learned, I guess, some highfalutin executive someplace paid a bunch of money to figure out what the magic words were to get people to, to subscribe to their service or buy their credit card or do whatever they're going to do. <coughs> you see... The point is, all you're supposed to do in that job is be a parrot, right? Be a representative. Just say the right words, whatever they might be. Now, being a Christian isn't exactly like that because we don't just go before people with a script because all of our lives are different. All the people that we celebrated today in the memorial service all had a different story, all had a different experience, all had a different way in which God impacted their lives, and so do the rest of us. And we're not called to just simply get up there and read a script. That's not reaching out. That's not being a faithful ambassador. A faithful ambassador is one who tells the story of who Jesus is through our own lives so that people can be reconciled to God. You see, that's the main message that we have to always remember is reconciliation to God. And a good representative 
never puts the focus on themselves, however, but on the message that they're trying to deliver. And when you join the church, you're saying and recognizing that you've become an ambassador, a representative of Christ to the world. And this is a big deal. Because here's what this means when when it gets practical, is that our own agendas, our own personal things that we're worked up about must take a back seat to the message of the gospel. See, everybody's got something. Everybody's got their cause or their agenda or their thing that, they're, that they want to make the center. And what we recognize as Christians, Jesus is the center, not our, our pet projects or our agendas or our causes. And that's tough for some people to recognize, especially in the church, because there are those who feel like the church is a great way to express their cause. Or the church is a great resource to further their cause or their agenda. You know, when I was uh, going to theological school, I, I ran into many people that were in ministry not because they wanted to preach the gospel and, and tell people about being reconciled to God, but because they had some other agenda or some other motive and they thought that the church was a great way to, to get a paycheck while they, while they furthered that. So I ran into people from time to time who said, oh, well, you know, in describing their own personal journey to ministry. Well, I became, I'm going to become a pastor because I want to advance the, the animal rights movement. Or I want to be a pastor because I want to, I want to speak to, to women's equality issues or to environmental issues or to whatever it might be. And that's why I'm in ministry. And I remember saying to a person, what about the gospel? Don't you want to be in ministry to, to share Christ with people? And they said, oh, well, that's the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. Whatever our cause is, And it could be a noble, good, wonderful cause. That is not the point. That is not the center. We are ambassadors to Christ, and the message that we speak to the world is this. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Because it's only once a person truly is reconciled to God that they have a reason for their cause. See, if if the reason for your cause is just because you think so, then, well, well, you're going to run into someone who doesn't think so, right? If the reason why you think human beings should be nice to each other and treat each other with respect and, and, and treat the environment with respect and, and, and all of the things that our social causes deal with, if, if, if those things just are because I said so, then pff, who cares? But if they're because God said so, or if they're because God's changed my heart and now I'm understanding why, it's a completely different deal. But we can never skip the step of Christ. We can never make that second, second place or, or take a back seat <clears throat> to this message. Because we have to remember that God is not our ambassador. We are his ambassador. And the church belongs to Jesus. And too many have tried to hijack the church to serve their political purposes or their own personal agendas. And that's not being a faithful ambassador at all, is it? Now, when Peter and his apostles came into Jerusalem preaching the, the message of the kingdom of God and of Christ, it didn't match up with the, with the religious establishment's agenda for the day. So they pulled Peter and the apostles aside and they said, we charge you, do not preach of this Jesus ever again. They warned them and they commanded them, don't speak about Jesus. Well, here's what they responded with. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. And here was the thing that ultimately they said in Acts 5.29. They said, we must obey God 
rather than man. We must obey God rather than human beings. You see, human beings have all sorts of things they're going to want you to do and say and be and act like and put forth. But as faithful members of Christ's church, we're recognizing that we must obey God rather than human beings. There's tons of human beings out there that will tell you and will tell me. I had human beings just a couple weeks ago telling me, you know, just chewing me apart because I didn't preach an entire sermon on mothers for Mother's Day. And I had a guy come up here and say, you needed to do that. This, this whole sermon, this whole Sunday morning needs to be about mothers on Mother's Day. And I said to him, I'm like, well, okay. I, I mean, I was trying to be nice to the guy. I was nice to the guy, you know. <clears throat> but, but the point of it was, you know, there's always somebody who's going to want to tell you what you should say. There's always going to want to be somebody who says, this is what's important to me, and you ought to talk about it. Or we as a church ought to talk about it, you know. Now, of course, I love my mother. And the guy asked me, don't you love your mother? Of course I love my mother. This guy's not, he was, he's not from around here, so don't be looking around at who it was. <laughs> Everyone's like, some, some wife just hit her husband. Was that you? <laughs> some wives went, oh, honey, that would have been sweet if it was you, <clears throat> right? <clears throat> but I, I've been doing ministry long enough, and it doesn't take very long to find yourself in this place. Our phones ring off the hook with people who want to tell us what our agenda should be. And, and hey, we'll come to your church, and we'll give a presentation on X. And, and, and we'll send you this material to talk about this because this is important and that's, an imp- and that's important. And did you know that even in the United Methodist Church, we have like something like 600 special Sundays that we're supposed to talk about. <clears throat> now there's only 52 Sundays in a year, so I don't know how they do that. But if we wanted to just open ourselves up and say, hey, we'll talk about whatever anybody thinks is important as their agenda, we would never speak about the Bible, we'd never open the Scriptures, we'd never talk about Jesus. Because there is a whole world of people that want to hijack the message of the gospel. And it's something that I believe strongly that we need to be faithful to. Not because those things are bad or wrong or we're against anything. But because of the reason why we're for anything, which is Jesus Christ. That's our message. He's our cause. And we must be faithful to that. No matter what the culture says is going on around us. No matter what society says this day or that day or whatever day, this or that or whatever, this is that or whatever. We must be faithful to Christ. And when we join the church, we're saying that with our lives, we will, we'll be his representatives. Now this comes from our relationship with Jesus. And it comes from the belief that Jesus is enough. Not having, not Jesus plus having the right politics, not Jesus plus having the right issue, just Jesus And then once we've been reconciled to God, then we're transformed from the inside out. And then those things come into play. So how can we be faithful representatives? Real quick, three things. Number one, get the message right, okay, which I just said. Number two, place your own agendas aside. Don't bring something to the table that's more important than Jesus. And then number three, go and do it. Okay, an ambassador or a representative isn't doing their job if they're just sitting at in their office or on their couch. An ambassador, a representative, has to go out and do the work. I saw this tweet this morning when I was, uh, um, you know, riding my motorcycle down here. No. Um, It said this, the Good Samaritan was not on a mission trip, but rather lived on mission. Think about that. 
when we live our lives on mission as ambassadors, then we don't have to have a special thing to go and share this good news of Jesus Christ. It just flows from us freely all the time. So go and do it. Let's move on. We're running out of time here. Um, The next section of the membership covenant deals with how we live out our faith at the local level. Now there's the universal church, and then there's the local church. And the local church, this church, First United Methodist of Marion, is where we find our spiritual home, this particular place, these particular people. And when you join, you're promising to be loyal to this place and this church, as well as our greater connection to the United Methodist Church. So what does it mean to be loyal? Well, we're going to spend a lot more time on that in the next coming weeks. But basically it means this, according to the, to the vow that we take, to do all we can to strengthen its ministries. Now, loyalty to the church basically means that you're saying, this is my church. You're going to stay put. You're saying, this is where I'm going to hang out. Now, it doesn't mean that it's wrong to ever go to another church with a friend or or whatever, this or that. But what it does mean is that you're pledging your support and presence to this community. And we're all familiar with the term church shopper, right? A church shopping person is someone who is looking for a new church. And there's nothing wrong with that term, by the way. I think it's kind, of, it's kind of interesting to think about. But, you know, it's basically the process by which a person goes and explores different communities to, to see where they might best find a spiritual home. So they go in, and people have different lists when they go church shopping. Some of them come in and they want to know, okay, you know, I want to know, do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have that? Do you have this? I have little kids. Is there something for them to do here? I have a teenager. Do they have this? You know, I I like to make birdhouses. Do you have that? You know, whatever it might be. There's all kinds of different things people look for. What kind of music do you play? What, what, what color is the carpet? You know, all, all, all sorts of things. But there's another term, okay, that pastors use, um, in our quiet secret gatherings. They're not quiet ever, but in those hidden rooms in church basements, you know, where we all gather and talk about you, you know. <clears throat> it's called church hopper. A church hopper is different from a church shopper, right? A church hopper is a person who, who goes into a church, gets real excited about it, spends a little bit of time, and then, you know, maybe something happens they don't like, or this or that, or they just get bored, and then they go, okay, I'm going to go to this other church. Or, or maybe they go over here to this church because they like this particular thing about that church, but, you know, they wish the other part was better, so the other church has this. So they've got four or five churches that they sort of, you know, cycle through and, and hop around from church to church. And, and, and they, they have this view that, okay, well, I can get from what I want. It's like a buffet of churches. But they've never really, like, commit and put roots down. They've never just found a way to, to commit. Because here's the thing. They can never be happy with just one church. And here's why. Because there's no perfect church. And there are people that are always on the look, lookout for the perfect church. So they're like, oh, well, this church was great, but then the pastor did something I didn't like, so I gotta, I gotta go. Or this church was awesome, but somebody there wasn't nice to me. Or this church was awesome because somebody there was too nice to me. Or this church was great, but, you know, and then what I've told people is this. Look, the second that you find the perfect church... It ceases to be the perfect church when you walk through the door. <laughs> Every perfect church I've ever attended has stopped being one the minute that I step foot in it. Why? Because I'm not perfect. And I bring my stuff to that imperfect church. I bring my imperfection to that other church, which was perfect, right? This church was perfect before I got here, right? Some of you are going, it was a lot better. <laughs> 
You see, when you're loyal, you're saying, I recognize the fact that the church isn't perfect, but I'm going to stay put. I'm going to be here anyway. I'm going to recognize that it's not about what I think is right or perfect or this or that. So stay put. Next thing is stay engaged, right? Be aware of what's going on around. Don't just come and and sit and and, and not listen or participate. Stay engaged. Be involved in what's going on. That's what what keeps a church going great. It's when people recognize that you don't join a church because of what you get, but because of what you can give. There was a couple that that joined this church that I was a part of in, 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 uh, in Davenport many years ago, a young couple, and they were doing the church shopping thing, and they found our church and settled in on it, and, and, and it was awesome. While they were there, they had this radical conversion to Christ, and their life was just like transformed upside down, and it was very exciting. Well, he, he, the, the gentleman got a transferred to like Minneapolis or something like that, and they were moving away. So like some people do, they asked us, they said, hey, can you recommend to me a church in this particular town? So we started digging through the, the, the you know, the interwebs, and, and we, found it, we found some churches, and of course we sent them the best churches we could find. We said, hey, try these four places. And they were churches that, that were big and exciting and had a lot of great things and great teaching and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and here was what I, the message I got about a month later, and it blew me away. This is from a young couple with little kids, you know. He said, well, we tried those churches but we don't want to join any of them because we don't think they need us. And I was like, wow, that is powerful. Do we join because of what we get or do we join because of what we can offer, what we can bring? And these folks who just a a couple years earlier were all about, well, do you have this program and that thing and this and that and nice people? We're now saying, look, we don't want to go where everything is perfect and, and polished. We want to go someplace that has a real need that we think that we can be a part of, of contributing. That's always impressed me and, and been, been amazing to me. That's loyalty. That's loyalty to Christ. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that was a great point, I guess. <laughs> or that's like the proverbial, you know. <laughs> well, I'm almost done. Just hang with me. You get to hear Barry and Lauren in just a second. I know they're going to be awesome. So stay engaged. Some of you just got real engaged right there. And lastly, stay joyful, right? Stay joyful. It's nothing worse than a grumpy Christian. You know, grumpy church member. You know, we don't want that. We want, we, for the church to be great, to be a faithful, loyal member, you got to be happy. you got to be joyful. It doesn't mean that your life's always perfect, but your general disposition around here and, and with one another as ambassadors for Christ needs to be like, hey, we've got Jesus, and it's awesome to be here. I'm so excited about what God's doing. Stay joyful. So those of you who are members doing all that you can to strengthen the ministries of this church, I know many of you are. Now, but what if that were the mindset of the entire membership? What if everybody had the same mindset that those gathered here this morning have? I tell you what, we would not need a fundraiser, ever. If the 2,200 members of of this church on paper had the same mindset to give and support and serve and be faithful and loyal, 
The church would never lack for anything in its mission. And, and, and that's really not the point of, of, well, our church would be awesome, but look at what happened with our city. Because the church exists not for its own sake, but really because it's on a mission. And why we do what we do isn't just so we can keep on rolling it so that God's mission will be fulfilled. Cue the music. Bam. But, and as faithful, loyal members of Christ's church here, it's our goal to see God's mission fulfilled. So should you join? Well, if, if this mission is your mission and these people are your people, then maybe you should. Maybe you should. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day and for your, your awesome power in this world. We ask, Lord, that you would strengthen us and help us, Lord, to make our ministry to you be faithful and transparent, Lord. May our message be your message. And may we be loyal and faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Now have a look at this video.